Hello, everyone out there in Twitter land. Brandon will hopefully hop on here in just a second. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm queer. I mean, wow. here. Just wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am Jake Flukiger. I'm Brandon Morehouse. And welcome to the Writer's Block. Yes, welcome everyone. As usual, this is an open discussion. You are welcome to jump in. Just hit that little mic button in the bottom left corner of your screen, depending on what phone you have, and we'll get you in here. It's 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 an open discussion. Like it's I really said. simple. Everyone should everyone should do it. It's like yeah. peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Or if you, I mean, a little bit of peer pressure going on. A little bit of peer pressure. Oh, Jake, how is your week? Been? Um, my week has been good, actually. I don't have any extra dogs that I'm babysitting, and my dogs are fine. And life's pretty good. Not gonna lie, I'm, I'm not gonna complain. It's good. So, I mean, we could always complain. Well, I mean, we. I mean, I. Can <laughs> you're not a. You're you're a Ned Flanders, I... right? Like. Of and course, I, you I have say to that, that as I've been binge <laughs> watching The Simpsons. You're a Ned Flanders. You're not gonna complain about Bra- anything. Brandon right? has been teasing me about being Ned Flanders for like a week now, and I just, you know, I I'm just not accepting it just yet. So you are your total Ned Flanders. Just accept it. You should be him. For I, <laughs> Plus, I kind of want to see what he. I want to see what you look like with a mustache. I I will do my best to see what we can do with a mustache. All right. Perfect. So, as always, I, I like to start the show, or we like to start the show with me getting Jake a topic to talk about that he knows nothing about. At this this is the, the most stressful part of this entire show for me because I really don't want to look like a doofus if I have hey, no idea. Well, I'm really... I'm, <laughs> I'm really going to put you on the spot for this one. Really going to put you on Hey, Jake. Yeah, what's up? Uh, I just got to say, uh, coming into the, the lovely conversation to start this out, uh, Hadley Ho, neighbor. <laughs> Hadley Ho, neighbor. <laughs> I, I, I just died. I'm speaking to you from beyond the grave. Episode. Chris, that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you for that, Chris. Appreciate it. So the t- what I want to hit you with is, okay. So what your you got to think of your favorite book quote. I'll give you give you a quick second to think about that. Uh, okay, I will hopefully have one of those in a second. Keep okay. going. Okay. So think of your favorite book quote and insert one cuss word. Oh. <laughs> what would that one be? Now, I'll tell you okay. mine. Mine is let me make sure I word this properly because I do not remember very well. Okay, mine is Mary Shelley Frankenstein. Okay. Beware, for I am fearless and therefore powerful. I would throw in a curse word. Beware, I am fearless and therefore fucking powerful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, of course, totally works. And it Brandon totally knows works. that I really very infrequently swear. Um, and so this is going to be challenging, um, especially because I I am not very good at book quotes. All right. Well, I, I maybe we just let you sit on that for a minute, and either yeah. you have it. I have one. Ooh, let's hear. Let's hear what Chris's is. <laughs> yeah, let's hear Chris's. Uh, so I like the quote: "How is a raven like a writing desk?" From Through the Looking Glass. Yes. Um, the the eternal enigma that that question is. So, depending on where you put the the curse word, it changes the entire meaning of the sentence. Okay. Um, so, how is a raven like a fucking writing desk? <laughs> See, now you just sound angry, asking me like you're so exasperated. No, yeah, I was like, you sound like I you're attacking me, like. Right. Okay. But then there, but then there's the question of like. Uh, how is fucking a raven like a writing desk? And that just goes weird places. Chris! Oh my gosh! I love that. I told you, it changes the context of the sentence depending where you put it. <laughs> I would love to hear everyone's favorite quote with a curse word in there. If you can't jump on, feel free to put it in the chat. Chris, I fucking love that. That second one I, changes the entire... Dying over here. <laughs> but I'm, a, I'm an avid cursor. I love cursing. I think it's 
it's just great. I do have Jake to say, not, Jake does not because he's Ned Flanders. I I am I am Ned Flanders. <laughs> just accept it. Move on. Just accept it and move on. Um, yes. I will. Ha- I do have to say that it is a little difficult for me to contemplate what a good book quote would be with a swear word in it. Let alone like yeah. just a just a book quote in general because I'm driving down the freeway right now. Um, well. And so I, you know, I'm going to focus on my driving and, and just talk, which is great. But as far as using the frontal cortex of my brain and having deep, really cool thoughts, it's just not going to happen right now. <laughs> See, I should have, I should have messaged you earlier, be like, Hey, I'm going to need your favorite book quote. So you had time to think about it. Cause I really caught you off guard on that one. You did but catch me off guard on that one for real. I really caught you off the bar. Yes. So Jake. Let's move on. I'll okay. give it till the end of the show. At the end of the show, I want to know what your favorite. Ooh, okay. 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 What What are we talking about tonight? We are talking about plot. Ooh, like. Okay. Just awesome. just plot, so, which is a very broad and and vague, you know, topic of conversation. But we mm-hmm. have so many writer friends on here who are going to help us out with this subject. That it's yes, going to be awesome. I, I think it's great. So, oh, that reminds me before we go any further. Don't forget to follow the Writer's Block Twitter because next week we start going from there. That's when we go live from the Twitter, from that Twitter account. So make sure you jump over there, follow that so you get notifications from us over there. Yeah, right, no, yeah. I, it's not going to be on my account anymore. So you guys cannot look at the top purple bubble and be like, oh, there's Jake. You're going to have to yes. be like, oh my gosh, it's those rock stars from the writer's block. That's, I don't know if I... Don't, don't even. Don't even. Like, don't even. You're like a good, you're like a good Christian band, right? Like... All right, I will be Owl City. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Does Jake want to be the skillet of the rock world? Yes. Oh <laughs> my God. Okay, I will admit, skillet's pretty good. I like skillet. He's... Oh yeah, my gosh. I, I'm... Yeah, but I'm more like ACDC. I feel, I feel very picked on right now. Well, you should for all that shit you were giving us the last <laughs> couple weeks where you're like in teacher mode. I know. Calling on people. And no. I am hoping that. that, Brandon, you can pull out your inner teacher and, you know. I'm not pulling anything out. Let's just say that. Like, okay. Not, that's not right. going to work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. a plot. Jake, what. What is a plot in very basic terms? In very basic terms, plot is simply the action that pushes the story along. It's what happens okay. in the story. Oh, okay. So, I'm like, really dumb on this one. I uh, feel like that's a basic we should all know. But that's a basic that I'm hoping that we should all know. Now, if you don't know that, that's totally fine too, because we are all about helping beginner writers as well as advanced, and you know published writers even like yeah you know we want to help each other out right um um <laughs> so there's different sorry there's different types of plots correct there are different types of plots but before we get into that i just want to like okay. throw this little bit tidbit out there and, and that is the fact that a plot can be something as simple as like uh two sisters were playing in the yard just like they always did that okay. is a plot. That is a plot. That's it tells plot. us okay. it tells us the action of the story. Okay. So I'm blanking all of a sudden. You are I'm... just fine. No worries. <laughs> we can totally have uh, blank so moments. The, no, it's fine. The so the the plot is what drives the story forward, obviously, like what you said. So there's always the main plot, right? Yes. Yes. And the main plot should be the overall arc where the story is going and you're following along. You're like, yes, I totally get where this action is leading. Okay. So then there's subplots. Oh, subplots. Subplots are all of those little action beats that happen to a lot of times somebody that's not your main character. Um, And those Mm -hmm. subplots can be really important to specific stories. They can be a really big part of how to move that story, the overall story forward. Right. So what's what's a really good 
subplot. Ooh, a really good subplot. I have an example of this. Ooh, perfect. Go ahead, Go ahead, Go ahead Chris. Chris. I'm interjecting so much because Jake admitted he's driving, which is a bad thing to be doing while you're on a voice chat with people. I being know, right? For them. <laughs> yes. Please, um, please be careful. As someone who works in car insurance, I'm highly ashamed of you, Jake. Anyway. No, uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, uh, so a plot, right? I'll use an example. Uh, so in my current work in progress, uh, I have a very simple overarching plot, which is the main character and her guardian are looking for a new home somewhere else after there is was attacked. Very simple plot. They travel. They look for a home. Yep, stuff happens. Uh, within that plot, I have subplots, which are essentially smaller, impactful stories that may or may not contribute to the overall plot, but help make it feel more vivid and more fleshed out, right? It's, it's less two-dimensional when you have subplots. So one of the subplots in my work in progress is the main character um, is kind of realizing her sexuality and like what she enjoys preferences wise. And she kind of comes to get to realize that as part of the story. Um, and it's something where it doesn't impact the plot as a whole, but as a subplot, it serves to kind of enhance her as a character and make her feel more flushed out and rounded. We learn more about her through the subplot, but it is not itself related to the overarching plot of the story. Chris, oh, are, okay. are you implying that subplots can flesh out characters? Oh my god. Because... Just... just <laughs> the way... I, if I had a ruler, I would slap it across your fingers right now. You just told me that you were not going to pull out teacher mode, so sorry. Um, <laughs> basically, all I'm getting at there is that these subplots <clears throat> help your story. Not only your story, but your characters feel like Chris said, three-dimensional. And instead of having a 2D character, instead of having a 2D story, you suddenly end up with this vibe and this feel that is realistic, um, regardless of genre, the genre that you're writing. And that is what we're all striving for as writers, is to get that really three-dimensional feel so that people can be immersed in the world, whether that's contemporary or fantasy, um, sci-fi or mystery. Um, right. All of that is is pushing our story forward. Okay. So, oh, I just had a question, and it's gone. Brandon, I know I'm so bad about it. You're not bad it's, about it. I just feel like you know, me. I'm getting old. <laughs> you are not getting old. Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, we're all getting old, right? Let's just how it is. Yeah, we so, are all getting old. It is sort of the so, nature of the passage of time and entropy. Yes. Yeah. Oh darn, Chris! <laughs> so uh, I love it. Okay, okay, so when you're writing subplots for character development, it, I would assume it, when you're writing those, you need to be very careful with that because you don't want to, especially if you have like a series, you don't want to do something that would contradict that plot of the character later on, right? Absolutely. Um, the big thing that we need to remember with plots is it has to be a cohesive movement forward. Now, does that mean that it has to be linear in time? No. Um, but there are, especially in beginner writers, you sometimes get um, stories and, and plots that don't have any they don't have any rise. They don't have anything that gets us up to the climax. They don't have increased tension. They don't have stakes. They, they don't have all these pieces that really make a plot work for a book. Right. And it needs to make, it needs to make sense, right? Like you can't just, well, I, do I mean, it just like, to do it. I, I could write a, a, you know, a book that's basically a journal entry about my life, but, without the emotional connection, without the understanding of what I as a character want mm -hmm. and what is preventing me from getting that, we really don't have a story. We just have a, a list of events that happen. But a plot, in addition to being the events that happen within a story, also needs to push forward the idea that the character has growth. The character changes and evolves. 
um, and not just the main character. Characters, uh, whether that's the antagonist or the protagonist, can have mm. these arcs that help the the plot forward with the with the actions. So it's so, really go ahead, Brandon. No, go ahead. Finish, your, finish what you're going to say. I was just going to say, like it's it's really important that we have again a, a well rounded three dimensional space for these characters to be in but then once that happens we need to have a purpose and mm-hmm. plot is is not just about the actions it's about the purpose behind it at least a good plot right so when you're we we keep saying we a well-rounded character or a three-dimensional character so where does that does that i know what i want to say but i don't know how to say it so it makes sense so like a backstory. What's the difference between a character's backstory and a plot in that manner? Okay, so obviously the plot is the portion of the story that is helping move the story from where you start to the ending. And obviously we know that characters um, are going to have a life and a, a you know existence before the story actually starts. We don't always need to, as readers, understand all of the little idiosyncrasies of of their backstory. That can be something, though, that you as a writer really need to understand because it helps you understand what purpose the main character or what purpose your characters have and what they're going after and why. The, the why is the biggest question that needs to be answered with the plot. And sometimes as writers, we need to understand the backstory to right. understand the motivations of these characters and the actions that they bring forth because of that. So, Brandon, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. Okay. And you, as a writer, tend to like backstory. Right. But over the last couple of months and everything as you've worked through your trilogy that's that's going to be re-released and the third book released you have been working on cutting some of that out can you tell me why oh god he went into teacher mode <laughs> i did it, i did <laughs> i did yeah i did i i think it i mean it really there's certain things where it's like this doesn't matter for this story it's it's nice for me to know as the author but it's not relevant to this story, to this situation. The, the reader doesn't need to know all that, even if you do like a flashback or whatever. That's not relevant, right? Like, that's okay. You can, you can skip that and move on because it doesn't drive that particular scene, doesn't drive the character's emotional instability or stability for this story. Yeah. So it, do, it doesn't work. It's, it's irrelevant information. It's irrelevant think, information, which means it doesn't drive the plot forward. Right. And it's I see not, that a lot of authors, especially first-time authors, think they need to have that sort of information in there. Um, and I, I, I sometimes worry about that, because I do it. I know I do it. And I'm going, oh my god, I don't need all this. Just delete this three pages of whatever. So... I absolutely... Well, go ahead, it's, it's a fine line, too, when you have to worry about, like, am I sharing too much backstory to the point that it's taking away from the current story? Because backstory, like, has, serves a few purposes, right? Mm-hmm. Part of it is to, to give justification to the actions of the characters. If we know bits about their past, you know, we understand their motivations. Uh, case in point, with the story that I'm writing, the backstory for the character, she's literally never left her tower the, her entire life growing up. it's She's lived in this, like, two-block by two-block part of a city and has never left it. So part of her motivation in the beginning is, with, with that understanding, is part of her motivation is she wants to go out and see the world. Because she knows there's more out there and she wants to see it. Um, and, like, I reference that that sort of sheltered upbringing that is her backstory at different points in the story. And sometimes it's for big things to like help explain and justify her worldviews or her ignorance about things or things like that. Sometimes though, it's just for small, cute little anecdotal moments. Like there's a point in the story where uh, someone feeds her grits for the first time because she's never had grits before. 
Gross. And she's like, and she's like, what's it made out of? And she's like, oh, it's made out of porn. So, yeah, pin, you can keep your opinions to yourself, Mister. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. What have we met? <laughs> uh, so she, uh, so she, she asks what corn is though, because she doesn't know what corn is. Uh, like she does, but she doesn't know she does because she doesn't know what as corn. So uh, she, it, it's described to her, and she's like, oh. That's what that is. So, like, so the other character's like, well, what do you call it? She's like, oh, I call it Bumple. Why do you call it Bumple? Because it's bumpy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's That's a cute. little quip that relates to her backstory that has no, like, emphasis on the plot. It does nothing but help just give a cute little anecdotal moment. And, again, it helps kind of flesh out the character a little bit and show that, you know, her backstory still matters, even in the small things. Right. So, Chris. Um, so, Chris. What would you say, obviously, who are very concerned about having a uh, plot be a, a very big part of their story as opposed Oh, we are losing. I don't, I am losing you, and I don't know if that's me or if that's no, it's it's Jake because okay, I'm, lo- I'm losing him too. Um, Jake, try what try that again. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. yes. Okay, perfect. Um, what I was asking, Chris, is that there are a lot of people that have um, the, this idea in their head that, that the story is very um, plot-driven, very plot-heavy, and then there's the other camp that is, is very uh, character-driven stories. Um, obviously, you can't have one without the other. If you were to say a percentage out of a hundred that your story is either um, plot driven versus character driven, what would be your numbers? I so I will say my my story is very much more character driven than plot driven. Like the plot, like I said, the plot is very simple. It's always there. It's they're seeking shelter. Like it's literally Red Riding Hood and and the Big Bad Wolf looking for shelter at Grandma's house. So it's always present, and like we we know out the gate, this is what the plot is. It's very obvious. But in, in the end, it's it's what's the old saying? It's not the the destination. It's the journey that matters, and that journey is made up by the characters. Absolutely right. Like we we know where they're going. We want to know how they yeah. get there. And that's all fueled by the yeah. characters. Right. Perfect. Um, Andres, I know you have your hand up. You've had it up. Yeah, for I'm a getting bit. tired of Yeah, I'm getting tired of holding it up. No, <laughs> awesome, awesome. That was perfect. Um, uh, about about I would say about ninety percent of whatever I write, no matter what it is, is plot driven. Um characters serve my plot uh the other 10 percent is if i have a story i want to tell and it's kind of honing in on a uh, i have a main character and the story evolves around revolves around uh what this character does let's say excuse me let's say for example i'm writing about uh background singers and the plight of you know uh the background singer how they're forgotten in history and stuff like that and then i'm if i want to emphasize that how they're forgotten in history why don't i do a character driven novel where i'm focusing on the character and what he or she goes through as a background singer to emphasize the point I want to make with the plot. So that's pretty much how I operate. And I have a couple of things to say about plot uh, beside that, that that might be helpful to others. Uh, Oh, and also about beginning writers and stuff, um, having weak plots and stuff. I blame some of these college professors. I took a small little refresher course during COVID online during a zoom thing uh zoom class um for just basic writing and stuff uh and i had the short story that i presented uh to the class and at the end of the story it, it was about alzheimer's and stuff at the end of the story the um uh person likes to read little women 
and that's just her favorite book. And then the professor goes, well, why? I said, well, it's irrelevant to the story why. It's just a comfort mechanism for her. That's the point. He goes, well, I'd like to know more about it. I ignored him. So that's that. But the, the pointers I'd like to make about plot, too, is they tend to thicken, usually with cornstarch or flour. And also, if you can't find a correct plot, you can always walk through a cemetery. There's plenty of plots to choose from. Okay, but I'm bummed. I'll sit down now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think there's, I mean, I think that's, some people might want to know why that she reads that, but then other people want it. So that's, it depends on the reader at that point, in my opinion. But um, for all of you new listeners out there, this is an open discussion. You are welcome to join in. Just go ahead and hit that microphone button on the bottom of your screen, and you're welcome to give any commentary you like. Um, Jason, I think you, Jason or M, I think M, you got and, your uh, mic open. And, and screen plays? Can you hear me? Jake, you're going in and out. You said, I'm sorry, you said can you hear me? Screenplays. I can hear you, yes. All right. Well, if can you, can everyone hear me or is it me? No, we can, can hear you. Yeah, okay, well Jake Jake's going in and out. Jason, did you it looked like you had something you wanted to say. You were getting ready to jump in there. I was just gonna for the, the plot versus character um I'm sorry, I'm doing like multiple things here at once. It's been a bit bad day. Um, for co- uh, plot versus character, I usually do like a 60-40, 60-30, but I also run a lot mm-hmm. of subplots. So I have like plot, I have my, my, my A story, my B story, and sometimes I'll even have a C story utilizing different characters, and I usually tie them all in. Uh, Andrew's, okay, or, Andrew's or really... Jason, keep going. Ignore Jake right now. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I actually just lost my train of thought. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, I try to tie them all in, you know, sometime, you know, um, sometime in the storyline, either at some point or, you know, because, you know, try, try to tie all the different fabrics together to uh, help bring along, you know, the, to move along the story. Um, and usually what I would do is each one of these subplots would focus on different characters to, um, you know, to flesh out their story a little bit, to give more detail about it, and to also bring in each of the different aspects of the characters for the main story, you know, the, the plot A or the story A right. to help, um, bring that into fruition. That's usually what I do. Um, and, um, uh, and, you know, sometimes, I mean, I generally have, you know, this new book I'm writing has about 28 different characters, give or take. Um, it, wow. Uh, my, wow. My, my, you know, <laughs> self-promotion again, as I did last week, my, my book just uh, released uh, two days ago. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Oh, yeah, yeah. The applause all around. I've been uh, dealing with marketing people from my publisher all day today, and I am literally at a bar right now drinking myself into a blend. Oh, good on you. Oh, yes. My, back, my background is marketing, so if you need help or need to understand what this uh, is. So they, they hired a marketing firm, and I've been dealing with them all day, um, and I literally haven't done so much stuff in one day in my entire life. And so I'm just here drinking and eating chicken wings and listening to you guys. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So anyways, all about it. Yeah. Back on, back on topic for a second. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just about done. I'm just rambling at this point. Um, so yeah, that's what I do is I'll, I'll tie all the, the, the my, my characters together and, you know, help bring in for the main plot. Um, one that gives each individual character a story that, and then in the end, we'll tie it all together to the larger story, which then will progress over to, you know, whatever the final confrontation or conflict of the plot is going to be. I'm yeah. done. Okay. <laughs> no, you're fine. I mean, 
I lost my co-host on that one, so I'm going to be kind of rambling. And did you, you had, it seemed like you had something you wanted to say? I was just going to go back to um, character development versus character plot. Oh, okay. And what Jake was saying earlier about making a character three-dimensional. Character development is what you do when you write out the character in your notebook beside you and leave it there. That's character development. That's what, you know, what colors they like, what their Mm -hmm. family background is. You know, you flesh out the character, make them real to you, have a conversation with them. You know, what's their favorite foods? It may never come out that you have to write about these things. Right. And there's... you know your character. That's your character development. Your character plot is just like the plot of your story. It's a series of events that drive that character forward. And it can be as simple as, you know, Shelly came home from work and got pissed off because her husband left, you know, his dishes on the counter again. Mm-hmm. But why was she pissed off? You know, the plot of her story could be that, you know, this led to, you know, a big fight, which led to him driving off, which led to her getting blamed for his death, blah, 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 whatever that happens to be. But then you're going to have to go in and resurrect Shelley by saying, what was it that made her so angry? Mm-hmm. What is her plot? That honestly sounds like a Shelley's villain origin story. Oh, look, Jake's back. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Sorry, I had a rough spot as far as service went, so I'm glad that (laughs) nobody else got kicked off since I'm the host, but it's uh, delightful to be back. (laughs) You were just, like, randomly talking and getting bits of world, like, uh, okay, you can just not talk right now, but that's fine. Yeah. So we're good. We're we're back to and normal. That was, that was very well articulated, and I appreciate that. I really do. So, okay. So I think, okay, so there's, like, different ways to plot. Isn't there, like, a 13-point plot thing? I'm, I don't know why I'm, that's coming off in my head. No, no, no. You can, so you have, you have all sorts of different plot. Um, kind of basically... like uh, fill in the blanks that you can do uh, for your plot. There's the classic three three act structure. There's a four act structure. There's the hero's journey, which gives you like 13 points that you're supposed to hit. That's what Um, I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. And so So, as, as writers, we have access to all of these, um, all of these different, you know, wonderful resources that have been presented that can use to our advantage to help is not only uh, coherent, but also that our plot is um, moving at the correct speed because we want our plot to um, hit these points at specific times so that we keep our readership um, in the in the correct mind frame for our whole entire, you know, uh, story. We want I mean, them to be bring, there with us. <laughs> I mean, you bring up a valid point of how quickly should your plot develop, right? Like, because there's some where it just it's such a slow pace to the story that you kind of are like, I'm bored of this. There's not anything moving forward. So now, now, don't get me wrong. I am all for a slow burn, but that slow burn has to happen in a way that is still the plot still has to move. You cannot just have your plot stall out. You will lose your readers hands down every single time. Right. You need to add some action, even if it's the sto- in the story development stage. Yes, exactly. Even if it's in the story development stages, there's there is there are key points at twenty five percent, fifty percent, seventy five percent where you have to hit these marks to really have a plot that is um, engaging. Would be the best way to put that out there. 
I mean, people's attention today is a lot shorter than it used to be. And they expect action from, I mean, even in a romance. Now, um, you bring up romance, and, and typically romance in the past, especially in the writing community, has been um, obviously very passionate, but it's also been more of a slow burn um, than it has been in, in more recent years. And I will absolutely agree with you that uh, I feel plots are getting very, yeah, they're just getting faster and faster and faster. And, and if I'm you not can't... saying that even like in a romance that the action has to be sexual, but there has to be some, some deliverance of tension. Yes. Um, for that, um, go ahead. And if you would, what can cause tension? Arguments. What, what is that thing? Uh, Arguments. Perfect. Um, things that drive you the plot have, forward. Um, one of the, like you've read one of mine, um, the, one of the characters is not emotionally equipped to embrace what's standing right in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, something that clues in the other character that, you know, they're, that the person that they're interested in is backing off. So if they're backing off, then the other character must move forward. Yes. Yes. So, and, and character action drives that forward these decisions and the autonomy that these characters have can be what some of the biggest things to help move the plot forward so how do you because we and i'm going to ask this because i know we have a lot of listeners that are that are writing memoirs how do you drive the plot forward like that in a memoir you're asking me uh, whoever, uh, it's it's oh, an no. open question. I'm, I'm I'm out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I can give my thoughts from the I've never written a memoir perspective. Perfect. Um, so the thing about a memoir is it's it's what it's detailing and chronicling the life of a person, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing says that in the way that we explain what's happening in this person's life that we can't leave room for tension. So, for example, um. Say there is say the say the subject of your memoir is um, God brain come on create create something uh, so say the subject of your memoir is trying to come to terms with their sexuality right like they they know that you know like say your main character is a guy he knows that he has feelings for this other guy but he isn't there yet and it can be one of those things where you write from that person's perspective just the conflicted feelings about like the how many times that I watch him pass me in the hallway wondering why my heart beat faster but never stopped to question you know things like that you can give these little like anecdotal thoughts that kind of build the anxiety from that internalized perspective you know these little thoughts of like um how many like how many times did he look at me and smile and i brushed it off because i was afraid to acknowledge what it might mean things like that you can build tension that way oh okay that's a that's good story of my life yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, totally. I, I anything in your life can be used as something to build tension, especially in a memoir because it could be like, do I get the job? Does this person still exist in my life? Um, what's what is happening next? I I can't read the future. How is this going to affect the life that I've built so far? I think even in memoir you can create tension just from the ups and downs of life. It really just boils down to how well you can accomplish that. Um, but because... you also have to be willing to dig deep. Yes, 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 yes. Um, um, excellent mean, and point. And not edit yourself. And also come from that place of truth. With... Yeah, you have to be true to yourself. Yeah, I will agree with that, Jason. And um, the the... You have to be willing to be vulnerable in a way to really have that tension speak truthfully, especially from a memoir standpoint. Um, but for the truthfulness of your characters as well, um, they, I think that as you, as we talk about plot there are all of these like we talked like we said there there are all these points that you you need to hit um 
whether that's a three-act structure or four-act structure, um, to to make sure that the the plot is moving forward in a nice way. But there is also the idea that the plot itself and the the slope that you head up towards your climax and the resolution and everything those that pattern should also mirror and match the character's arc as well as the as your main character goes through this story you should be able to take that the the plot and what is happening through it and show how the character is changing because of those actions uh, Andres, go ahead. Okay, um, I have. Uh, I, I'm not too sure about this 13 point plot thing or whatever. It sounds, <laughs> You're all it good. Sounds, it sounds way too complex to have that many points and everything. I'm going to offer an alternative as. Um, I, I write all sorts of things, but uh, right now I'm mainly writing uh, screenplays and stuff. According in in uh, one of the very first books that I bought on screenwriting over 30 years ago is uh, a book by Sid Field, and it's called Screenplay, and, and it was I think it was one of the very first books that ever came out on screenwriting. Anyway, in this book. Um, he's he's got this thing called the paradigm shift, and it's basically a um, uh, a linear graph or whatever. Uh, at and, and he goes, okay, at uh, uh, screenplays are typically around ninety pages when done. That's an hour and a half, one page per one minute of screen time. Um, okay. people tend. Uh, people tend to write 120 um, pages, but that usually gets pared down a lot uh, to the 90 pages. So I stick to 90 pages or whatever. And in his paradigm shift, and it's hard to talk about it um, and stuff without showing you, but um, it, uh, in um, at the 10, 10 minute mark or the 10 page mark, you're supposed to have your inciting incident. Uh, the it's like the the hook that draws people, and it's supposed to be the 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 thing the thing that gets people interested in the movie. Yeah. By page by the thirty minute mark or page thirty is plot point one, if you will. And that's where things start taking a bad turn or whatever. It, it just gets more complicated. The next um, uh, marker that he has is uh, the 60 minute mark or 60 pages in is where you have your climax. And then uh, about page 75 to 80, um, is where you'll have your um, uh, re beginning of the resolution and, uh, of course, the last page is the resolution. And in the middle of all this, page 45 in the middle, is what he called the midpoint. Well, I, uh, and, and it's, uh, you, he put that in the middle because for a lot of people going from page 30 to page 60 and everything, they're like, it just, that kind of um, stifles them and, and it overwhelms them. So he cuts that in half and stuff. And, you know, you really shouldn't think about all of this, but it helps guide you. Um, and so uh, maybe as a visual, you could go uh, check out this paradigm shift in um, Sid Field's uh, book screenplay. And it's typically the um, it's kind of a formula, and all movies do this. You could sit down with this paradigm uh, shift that he has drawn out, sit with your favorite movie, and at the ten minute mark, I guarantee you, there's going to be the hook. At the thirty minute mark, there's going to be plot point one. It's or very close to the thirty minute mark, give or take a few uh, minutes. Same thing with um, the. Um, 
the climax at, at uh, um, or the plot twist or whatever at page 60 and the, the climax at, you know, or the resolution at uh, 75 minutes in or whatever, it's, it's there every single movie practically, except for longer movies, of course. It, it's going to shift according to whatever, but typically your 90-minute movie is going to follow this. And, you know, that that helps guide you and your where your subplots come in would be about the 30 page mark and stuff where where you could have something else coming in uh doing an under arc like uh this um uh script that i'm going to be working on is going to be a church comedy and one of the big arc arcs is going to be where this person gets uh, taken in uh, by a mentor and winds up um, go changing their life. And that's a very um, under, I, the way I'm gonna write it is very um, subtle and it's gonna be a character arc and it's gonna be a subplot to the whole thing. Interesting. So, so uh, th that's, uh, uh, that's just my um, little two cents in um, plotting. Yeah, no, that was perfect. And actually, what you're talking about um, is is exactly. There are so many tools out there that you can utilize, um, and all of them deal with how to set up the perfect plot. And there's all these formulas, like you were saying, that uh, that are. The, how to set this plot up exactly the the correct way to make sure that your reader is engaged because it follows the cadence and the rhythm of a well-told story. And uh, I love the, the, whether you're doing, you know, uh, something very simple, whether you're looking at, at a simple uh, plot map where you say, this is my inciting incident. This is where my first act ends. This is where the tension rises. Um, this is my my climax. This is my resolution. Or you're looking at like we we told we said earlier the the 13 point hero's journey. Um, all of these are tools for you to use to allow you to write a plot that will be a good a, a, a way to sell to sell this story to sell these books because that's what we're all in this for. Well, it is to think of it in simple, simple terms. It's the plot pyramid, right? Yeah. Exposition, conflict, or rising action, whichever one you want to call it. Climax, falling action, and then resolution. You make that into a pyramid, and it, it shows your story, how it should arc, right? Am I, am I thinking right on that one? You, yeah, you're, you're thinking right. Okay. So, well, I mean, that doesn't go across all genres. And here's and here's what you have to do is you have to look at like like the hero's journey doesn't necessarily apply to certain genres and so like Em is saying you have to be able and willing to look at the formula that works for you and we don't want to be formulaic as writers but we do need to make sure that our our to make sure that our plot is is engaging and and helps our readers stick with the story there are some fundamental principles that should be applied across the board right and those are evolving all the time that's like they as are. a thriller writer mine don't really get to do the pyramid mine has to take the staircase to heaven and then drop off at the end yep and plummet <laughs> <laughs> so uh I mean, it constantly has to be rising tension. Right. So, you know, versus my experimentation with writing romance. Um, that Which I love, done. by the way. <laughs> Do what? Which I love, by the way. I love that we have gone from thriller to romance and back again. It makes me happy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just experiment and playing with it. But anyhow, uh, that Jake knows the whole story behind that, and it's kind of bizarre. But anyhow, um, but with writing something that you want to be suspenseful, you know, a suspense thriller, sometimes even horror books, they have to constantly have that 
that feed in them that something else is about to happen. Right. And if you can get that right, you can push that forward, that story forward. So in horror, you'd want it more of a steady stream upwards to the climax, and then it would be like a cliff at that point. It would just drop off, right? Am I thinking you're, that right? You're wanting, to, you're wanting to crawl up the stairway to heaven and then drop down to hell. Right, okay. Yep. Pretty we, much. We, we want to drop down that elevator shaft and die at the and bottom. land on a whole bunch of rebarb. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Love it. Rusted rebarb. So by Friday night. <laughs> Yeah, Jason's Friday night. It nice. better not be your Friday night, I want to go hang out with him. <laughs> Jason's having too much fun on his Fridays. Give me a break. That's awesome. Um, I the the big thing is, and this is this is what we tell you guys over and over and over again, all of our listeners is find something that works for you. We're here to give you some tools. We're here to give you a discussion. We're here to bring in different points of view. But at the end of the day, you have to find what works for you and use it to the best of your ability. And I will admit something. When I started my story, I had no idea what I was doing. I did not know a thing about plot development, character development. It all happened naturally. And why do you think that is, Em? I think... It was the story itself. The story pretty much wrote itself. I was just along for the ride. I love Um, it. But I did have to interject some things later in the, you know, final drafts to get it right. That's just like uh, there was one thing I was wanting to read tonight, but I was like, no, we have some sensitive ears on this. (laughs) Let's not do that. Yes. (laughs) Um, And it's nothing bad, but. I had to add in something that made my uh, protagonist, my main character, look more sensitive. So instead of telling you why you should feel for him, I had to show you uh, a developing arc of his character, why you should feel for him. And that's that's an an important... An extremely important part of the plot is is that character and wanting to follow him through this story. Um, I know that we have a couple of comments, and I just want to hop to those really quick um, on here. And one of the ones that I wanted to touch base on was from Amy. And she says that her quote, my quote is from The Curious League of Detectives and Thieves by T. Phillips writer. Um, It must be so lonely to be one of your thoughts. And she says, I cannot insert the curse word, but I love the quote. So sharing it anyway. (laughs) So Jake, where would you put, where would you, where would you put the curse word at? Uh, it must be so lonely to be one of your effing thoughts. The I would put it at the beginning, like, fuck, it must be so lonely, lonely to be one of your thoughts. Oh, see, and I love that emphasis on that. That's awesome. Yeah. See, so, small you change have of pace. Su- you small have... change of pace. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. But it's a small change of pace. So, I, because we've we've used the word fuck for every single one of these so far... Um, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put some sassy spin on it. Damn, it must be lonely to be one of your thoughts. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. Um, by the way, Brandon, I did find one of my favorite book quotes. Oh, um, please. And it, it is from Anne of Green Gables because I love those books so very much, and I know that that makes me even more of a Ned Flanders. But I, you know, I just have to run with it because it's my vibe. So. Um, it's when Anne says, isn't it nice to think that tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes in it yet? And I think I, whoa, that was interesting. That was, that. remember last week when we were on the phone together and someone cut into my phone and I picked up a random conversation? Yes. That was super fucking creepy, by the way, but maybe that's, it's... That, that's the government's listening in, listening in on me. Like we said, say about everything, there's a story in that. There's a story. The government needs to know that Jake can actually swear. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know if I could actually swear it up, but uh, <laughs> my, if I'm gonna do this quote, I'm probably gonna put, um, "Isn't it nice to think that tomorrow is a new day with no damn mistakes in it yet?" Ooh, he went. That damn. would be mine. I Good know. On. Good on you. See? Changing it up. Good for you. By the way. I will say this on the Ned Flanders topic, Jake. Never be ashamed to be Ned Flanders. There is a heavy metal Ned Flanders cosplay rock band out there called the Oakley Dokleys. Shut up! I have to look this up now. Go look it up. That Go look up the Oakley Dokleys. There is no. a, a Ned Flanders death metal band. Oh my gosh, I love it. That makes me so happy. They literally dress like Ned Flanders, and they're called the Oakley Dokleys. I have to see this. Perfect. Form. I'm yeah. looking them up right now. Brandon, that shot up. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna wrap Brandon, this so hard tonight. I, I am gonna need you to make sure that that is one of our posts that we put out for the block. <laughs> Deb, thank you, Chris, for that. The first song that comes up is called White Wine Spritzer. Deb. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Love oh my it. gosh. Chris, Who's that was awesome. I'm gonna be <laughs> You have just entertained Brandon for the rest <laughs> of the evening. I love it. I get so happy right now. I'm in bliss. <laughs> I do what I can. I do what I can. Love it. Thank you. So again, that, yeah, uh, go ahead. wrapping up our time here. Yeah. <sighs> where uh what's our what's next week's topic? Ooh, that is a good one, and I have no mm. idea without looking at it. I... So Next week, we're talking about marketing on social media. Oh, yes. And I'm so excited to touch on marketing again. Um, this is actually a topic that was brought up um, on one of my other uh, chat groups on Twitter. Um, and they were talking about uh, TikTokers and book talk and all of that. And I really am super excited to jump into this a little bit more with a specific emphasis on the social media marketing. Yeah, we, Jake and I talked about it, and I think marketing is such a big deal and a, a big struggle for a lot of authors. Um, also, we kind of want It is a very big pain in the ass. We want to make that kind of a standing topic. Um, if that's what you guys want, uh, and we'll just kind of, it's, it's such a big umbrella topic that how do you do it on Facebook? How do you do it on Twitter? How do you do it on blah, blah, blah? Um, we kind of want to keep touching, touching base on it. So we're thinking the first of each month, if that doesn't work for everybody or if that doesn't interest anybody, let us know. Um, we're still trying to figure this show out. Andres, you have a, your hand raised. Feel free to go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to kill whoever mentioned the Oakley Doakleys because I just looked them up. And their name, just like the Ramones, everybody's called Ned there. <laughs> I love it. That makes me even happier. <laughs> oh, my God. I. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm going to be in heaven just for another... hours watching this locally, locally band. <laughs> just another comment I'm throwing here before we wrap up is this show is for you guys, for all of our listeners, whether that is on our podcast or here on Twitter Spaces. Um if you have questions, comments, if you want to add something, please, please, please just message Brandon or I at the block and we will uh, add that into our repertoire, um, yes. so to I, speak. I think Chris wants to claim that he brought that band up. Chris. I, I would just like to go out uh, to announce that, of course, I'm going to bring up the Oakley Oakleys. It is my duty as a self-appointed evil Disney queen to spread as much <laughs> into this world as I possibly can. <laughs> evil oh glitter. My gosh. I'm all about the evil glitter. I'm, so, evil glitter. I I'm so the kind of person that out. puts glitter in the bottom of the shopping bag and just waits. I, uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that aside, so I, I am so excited, it. so excited to talk about marketing with yeah. social media stuff um, next week. We're going to toss in a couple more for all of those who are still querying in the querying trenches. We are absolutely going to throw in a few more querying shows as well. Make sure you catch in the, on those. Um, and Brandon, it looks like we're out of time. Yeah, we are out of time, unfortunately. But, you know, we're always available on Twitter or on any of your
your streaming services. Don't forget to go on there. All of our episodes are up and available as of right now. Go on there, download it, listen to it, give it a like. That's all. This community is built around answering questions and asking questions and giving our advice. We're like the board. You know, we've shared knowledge. We're shared like the board. Board. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that's, you just said that. Why? That's what they do. Like I know, I know. I just two, it, it's the concept of I'm gonna go to Star Trek Voyager where two minds are greater or better than one, right? Like that's the board concept. I love it. We'll just move on and we will uh, <laughs> we will see you we'll, all next We'll move week. on. <laughs> yes, thank you everyone. Good Have night, a good y'all. week. Good night. Bye.